Welcome to the Reunion Belleville podcast, a place where everyday people apprentice to Jesus. We're glad you pulled up a seat and we hope that today's lead-in encourages you to take your next step. Four years ago, almost to the day, on September 22nd, 2019, Rebecca and I got in our car and we drove across town on a Sunday afternoon to arrive at a house that we'd never been at. This house we'd never been at was also full of people that we'd never met. And those people we'd never met in that house we'd never been to were there for a church that had never met before. I had heard about the church gathering through a social media post and asked Rebecca, who was my fiance at the time, if she wanted to come with me to check it out. So we were giving it a shot. I took a deep breath and we left the car and slowly walked up the steps to the house. The post I'd seen had said to just come right in, but that seemed like a bananas thing to do at a house you'd never been to before with people you hadn't met. So I did the knock and walk, a classy move for a socially anxious person like myself. I knocked on the door, slowly opened it and sheepishly said, hello? because you never really know what you're gonna get when you go somewhere new. You don't know who will be there, how well they'll accept you, or if you'll fit in at all. I remember switching elementary schools when I was eight years old. At my old school, I had lots of friends and everyone was kind to me, and I got along with nearly everyone in my class. But when I went to this new school, I was not accepted the same way. I liked Batman too much. I wasn't good enough at sports. People seemed unkind. I didn't fit in. You never really know what you're going to get. But on that Sunday, four years ago, we walked into a house we'd never been to, filled with people we'd never met, and went to a gathering for a church called Reunion. I introduced myself and said, Hi, I'm Tayson, and this is my fiance, Rebecca. And they said, Fiance, congratulations, when are you getting married? And I said, Two weeks. And, well, we've been attending ever since. The only difference is now, when we go to Wes and Kristen's house, we just walk right in. This September at Reunion, we've been talking about our culture statements. The things about Reunion that make us who we are. We typically seem to do this every September as people come back after the summer to remind ourselves and each other who we are and why we do all this. If you're unfamiliar with our culture statements or need a reminder, we are one, pupils, a culture of apprenticeship, two, people, a culture of table, three, peacemakers, a culture of reconciliation, four, partygoers, a culture of celebration, five, pioneers, a culture of adventure and innovation, and six, planters, a culture of multiplication. So last week, we talked about pupils and our culture of apprenticeship, and if you missed, missed it, feel free to catch up on the podcast. But today, I have the pleasure of sharing with you two of our culture statements, uh, that we are people and partygoers who practice a culture of table and of celebration. All of these culture statements are pulled from the life of Jesus in the Bible. So we're going to start there and look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. I'm going to read from the NIV, but if you've got a Bible on you, feel free to read along in whatever translation you've got, or if you have the Bible app on your phone, I guess that's good too. 
This is a story about Jesus calling disciples, but it's probably not the one you're thinking of. Personally, when I think about Jesus calling disciples, I think about fishermen and Jesus telling them that he's going to teach them how to fish for people. But that's not the story we're looking at. Matthew 9, 9 through 13 says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told them. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call the right. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. People did not like tax collectors. They collected tax for the Roman Empire and would charge people extra to keep more for themselves. They were super corrupt and they were disliked by pretty much everybody. If you've been following Jesus for a while, I'm sure you've heard people use the phrase, Jesus hung out with tax collectors and sinners. It's a phrase that I personally hear Christians use a lot, usually to justify a point they're making, so much so that it can be overused to the point that it's a bit of a cliché, which means, as a result, you end up hearing it so much that you kind of become numb to what it actually means. Tax collectors were really corrupt people that were extremely disliked, not the type of person anyone from that time would want to be seen with. Jesus hanging out with a bunch of fishermen? That's cool, we've got no beef with the fishermen, but Jesus hanging out with a tax collector? Yikes! Why would Jesus want to be seen with them? This is who Jesus calls to follow him. And not only that, but have dinner with him and eat at his very table. Jesus hanging out with tax collectors and sinners is maybe a phrase that falls flat with our modern vernacular, but this wouldn't be unlike Jesus ha- uh, being seen having dinner with a racist cop or the corrupt landlord responsible for leaving tons of elderly people homeless so they can jack up the rent. Jesus calls people that we're uncomfortable with, and he does it around a table. But Jesus doesn't stop with just tax collectors working for Rome. Another one of Jesus' disciples uh, listed a few chapters later in Matthew is Simon the Zealot. And what's interesting about Simon the Zealot being a disciple is that zealots were radical fanatics who were extremely and even violently against the Roman Empire. They wanted an independent nation free from Rome and would go so far as to be practicing assassins for the cause. So on one side you have Matthew, the corrupt tax collector working for Rome, and on the other you have Simon, the political fanatic vehemently against Rome. And Jesus calls them both to be his disciples. Two people of directly opposing ideology and both are asked to follow Jesus just the same. This is like Jesus calling both the right and the left, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, the poor family trying to decide whether to pay the rent or buy groceries, as well as the rich family trying to decide where to take their next vacation. The radically inclusive Jesus doesn't just mean taking in the people we're comfortable being around and being seen with. It means taking in the people we wouldn't want to be caught dead with 
And this is consistent throughout Jesus' ministry. We see him with the corrupt, the religious fundamentalists of the day, the oppressors, all within view of the people who are being oppressed, thinking, Jesus, how could you be seen with them? We see Jesus touch the unclean, bless and heal the sick and the poor. Jesus is calling all sorts of different people. He's not looking to find a group of like-minded people from all the same socioeconomic status that, that can all go on vacation together. He's not trying to make a cookie-cutter group of people that all look and act the same. Jesus is creating a community mosaic of people from all walks of life and all class systems, all different levels of income, political beliefs, and he's doing it by asking you to dinner around a table. He's asking you to come disarmed. We all need to eat. We're all human. Let's do it together. Through relationship around a table is how Jesus changes you. And that's why we meet every week around a table in a circle and share communion together. That's why we have table groups that meet during the week to learn how to practice our apprenticeship to Jesus better. We are everyday people, all different and all called by Jesus to follow him. And there's a seat for everyone here. More than just being people and practicing a culture of table, we're also party goers who practice celebration there's not just a seat for all people, but we also celebrate all people. And in this radically inclusive mosaic community, we celebrate our differences and passionately celebrate God and people. Living and being in community with others means being with them through all of the ups and downs, the good times and bad. When Wes spoke on this culture statement last year, he said, uh, we'll be at your party because we were there with you in your pain. Meaning, we'll mourn with you when you're mourning, and we'll be celebrating with you when you're celebrating. Having an open table means it's open whether you're doing good or whether, do, whether you're doing bad. We'll be there for you when you're in pain, and we'll be the first at your party when it's time to celebrate. Because we love to party. We believe Yahweh God is good, and he has given us tons to be thankful for, and we want to celebrate that every chance we get. We passionately celebrate God and people. In general, I struggle to fit in in a lot of places. I find uh, a lot of people uh, don't know what to do with me. I don't, I don't hold that against anyone because, frankly, I'm a pretty weird guy. Uh, I find that most of the things that I'm interested in aren't things that other people care about at all. A lot of my favorite movies and music are controversial and divisive at best. My favorite superhero movies aren't the popular ones or the ones that everyone else hates. I'm almost always wearing a t-shirt for an obscure band that you probably haven't heard of or grew out of when you were 16. I wear mismatched shoes. I sometimes like to paint my nails black and people will ask me, Tayson, why do you paint your nails? And I say, because I'm cool and I walk away. A few months from now, I'll freak everyone out when I spontaneously decide to dye my hair in an absurd color. And I don't do any of these things because I'm trying to draw attention to myself, because I'm trying to make any sort of statement. I'm genuinely just trying to be myself. And I've attended churches where I've been asked if I was visiting from the local drug rehab center. I've spoke at churches where I was, uh, where while I was speaking, People have yelled from their seats that I need to get my hair cut. 
I've been approached by strangers at churches who have asked me to explain why I'm wearing a shirt with a skull on it before even asking me my name. The first time I ever led worship at a church, I was 16, and after the service, I was approached by someone who told me that the music we played wasn't really worship because it caused them physical pain in their ears. And I don't say any of that as a dig against churches. I honestly find a lot of humor in most of those stories, but my lived experience is that people typically don't know what to do with me. But Reunion has always known how to love me. And I've always been free to be myself and have always, they've always had a seat for me at the table. And there's a seat here for you too. Thank you for listening to today's lead-in. We pray that you were able to learn something about Jesus today, but equally important, we pray that you sense a step you might take in response. What would it look like for you to live with Jesus today in light of our discussion? You can learn more about our community at www.reunionbelleville.com and we're always here to walk with you.